Let me tell you about your worry. Your worry is going to be so consuming that even if I came over here and asked him to do something fun and happy, he can't do it because his hands are tied with his worry. Even, even if I came to him with something good, he can't focus on a good thing because he got too much worry. Guess what? He can't move like he used to move because his worry going to slow him down. If I took off running, he can't keep up with me now because his worry is consuming him. But this is what we look like to God because we carry our worry around. And then we wonder why we're not as mobile as we used to be. We wonder why we're not as flexible as we used to be. We wonder why we can't enjoy the good things in life because we have so much worry. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is Manifested Media, and you are now listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. All right, amen. They got all my stuff together. Now we ready to rock and roll. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I need you to turn me to one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Anybody want to take a stab what that is? Matthew 6. Amen. That's my favorite, one of my favorites in the whole Bible, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to continue our conversation about overcoming our worry, overcoming our worry. And so turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start reading in verse 25. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you're still turning, say, hold up. If you don't have your Bibles, we will definitely have it on the monitors for you. We want to get there together. Matthew is the first chapter, the first book in our New Testament. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. And this is what it says. It says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, going to add one cubic to his stature? So why are you worried about clothing? Uh-huh. This is Jesus talking now. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not as much clothe you, O you of little faith? This ain't my words. This is Jesus talking. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall I eat, or what shall I drink, and what shall I wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient is the day for, for his own trouble. We're going to stop, right? We're going to park right in this. I'm going to extra G. I'm going to walk you through this one. God wants us to be free from anxiety. Now, we talked about this last, like, last week. Anxiety has another name, and the other name for anxiety is worry. God wants you to be free from worry. Now, you have to understand what freedom is. People say, oh, I don't have no worries. No, you don't know what freedom is. You know what, the, you know what freedom is? Freedom is liberation from illegitimate bondage. Ooh. 
I'm going to say it one more time. Freedom is liberation from illegitimate bondage. So something that's holding you that shouldn't be holding you, when, you, when, when you're free from that, that's called freedom. Illegitimate bondage. So God wants, worry is something that's holding you that should not be holding you, and God wants you to be free from that. So let's review what we talked about last week. Last week we came out of the um, book of Philippians, Philippians 4, and our main scripture text was Philippians 4, I believe it was around verse 6 or so, where it says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. Oh, don't worry about nothing. It says, but with prayer uh, and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your petitions made known to God. We talked about last week that there's a difference between concern and worry. Now, it's nothing wrong with having concern. Now, concern, according to my definition, is a person, place, thing, or idea that, that, that may be negative in nature that needs your, to need to be addressed by you. That's a concern. But worry is a person, place, thing, or idea that's controlling your life, your thoughts, and your functioning. See, you control concern, but worry controls you. See, worry tells you when you can go to sleep. Worry tells you when you can eat and when not to eat. Worry tells you how much medication you need to take and when you need to take it. See, that's what worry do. Worry's a bully. Worry's not going to let you have any decision or any say-so in the matter. Worry's going to take over. And we talked about last week that worry has friends. When worry comes in, he brings his homeboys. He brings fear and, and, and depression. And when they come in, they want to just wreak havoc in your life, hopefully to end your life. Or to consume you to the point where you can't fulfill your purpose. So we talked about last week that, that how, how do we overcome worry? We overcome worry by first what the scripture says in Philippians 4.4 4, where it says, and rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We talked about how you have to pull inside the word rejoice is the word joy. So if I need joy, I have to first pull it out of rejoice. I got to rejoice if I want joy. Right, right. And we talked about that we also have to pray, and we have to be very specific in our prayer. That's what supplication means. And I have to come with my thanksgiving. That's how I overcome. See, I have to come with my thanksgiving. See, we think we come here to give thanksgiving. So y'all don't, y'all, most people don't come to church with their thanksgiving. They, they come here hoping to get it. Hoping that the priest ain't going to give them some little thanksgiving. Or the musician is going to help them raise up some thanksgiving. No, 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 no. The Bible says we will come with it. That's why David wrote, enter his courts with your thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, this is something I already possess, and this is something I bring with me. The problem is that we don't have no thanksgiving because we only thank him on Sunday. See, when I come in here with my praise, my, my, the, this is the pinnacle of my praise where we could come together corporately, but I've been praising all week. Amen. So when I come in here, I'm not just coming here just, just for the first time to get my praise on. See, see sometimes you got to turn off 92Q and put on a little 106.1. Now, hear what I'm saying. I ain't saying nothing wrong with 92Q. That's how you get down. That's how you get down. But you can't do that all the time and expect to have a praise. Sometimes you got to listen to a little, you got to listen to something more than Little Wayne and, and the rest of them cats. Okay? I don't even know some of these. Some of these cats, it's rappers now I haven't even heard of. Yeah, they flicking flockers and all these things. Like, who are these cats? You ever look at some of these brothers too? Would you let that boy date your girl, your daughter? Pants down here. Hey, but, but listen, we allow them to pour into our spirit. And then when we come in here, that's why we can't lift our hands. 
That's when we come in here. We can't open up our mouth because only they gonna come out of our mouth is what they say. And you can't say that stuff in church. At least you better not anyway. Now that dang what I'm supposed to be talking about. Let me give it to what I'm supposed to be talking about. Lord, help me. All right. Shut up. That was last week. Let me get to this week. Lord, help. All right. Let, let me get to this week's message. So, 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 people, listen. People worry to death. Then there's others that will worry you to death. Amen. I didn't realize that until I became a pastor. Lord. If you allow people, they will worry you to death. You can't let worry worry you. Uh huh. So we all have to face this, this monster called worry. Come on, help me up here, Deke. So, so, so this represents us. Deke, Deke Greg is, is us. So we have to worry about money. Then we got to worry about job security. Then we got to worry about our children. Then we got to worry about our future. Then we got to worry about our health. But let me tell you what about the health. So you worry about your health. You go to the doctor, and the doctor tells you, I got to put you on this medication. So now I got to worry about the side effects of the medication that he gave me. So at first I was worrying about the condition. Now I got to worry about what's going to happen after I take the medication. Some of us are worried about the opinions of others. Some of us are worrying about... Uh, Give, give me one. Give me one. Yeah, it could be anything. There you go. All right, Chanel. So, so this this one this one is the sum total of all of them. That that might need two. Now, 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 Deacon represents us. The problem is that this is how we look to God. Now let me tell you about your worry. Your worry is going to be so consuming that even if I came over here and asked him to do something fun and happy, he can't do it because his hands are tied with his worry. Even, even if I came to him with something good, he can't focus on a good thing because he got too much worry. Guess what? He can't move like he used to move because his worry is going to slow him down. If I took off one, he can't keep up with me now. Because his worry is consuming him. And it's piling up. And it, after a while, it becomes heavy. And, and, and but, but, we, but we, we sit here and we say, you know what? This is why I've had it for so many years, so I might as well just keep it. I'm used to my worry. I'm used to walking around concerned about my job, concerned about all of this, concerned about all that. And now it has concern. Go ahead and put it down, D, because I know it's getting heavy. But this is what we look like to God. Because we carry our worry around. And then we wonder why we're not as mobile as we used to be. We wonder why, why we're not as flexible as we used to be. We wonder why we can't enjoy the good things in life because we have so much worry. One man, right now, I guarantee you, if I added one more worry to your plate, it would take you two weeks to get to it because you got all too much worry already. 
The story about a man went to his friend and he said to his friend, hey man, I'll pay you $1,000 if you take all my worry. His friend said, all right, bet. Give me the $1,000. He said, that's the first thing you need to worry about. <laughs> Y'all miss it. You'll get on the way home. <laughs> Other words, he ain't had no money. <laughs> that was one of his worries. So, so, when you, so when you look through the text, when we look through our text, verse 25 through 34, three times Jesus said, don't worry. Verse 25, he said, don't worry. Verse 31, he said, don't worry. Verse 34, he said, don't worry. So, let me ask you a question. What is the thing, what, what, what is it called when you do something that God tells you not to do? Disobedience, but what is another word for that? It begins, it's three letters. Hmm, you ever thought about it in that light? If Jesus said three times, don't do it, and you keep doing it, then it's sinful. He said, don't worry three times. So when you do something he said don't do, it's sinful. So when you are a worry ward, you are falling into a place called sin. I know that's a hard word to, a hard word to swallow, but get some water, you'll be okay. I didn't, now listen, if he said don't worry, then we shouldn't be worrying. But we worry. People worry about everything we just displayed here. People worry about it every single day. Now, let me give you the Greek word for worry. The Greek word for worry is miro no na, nano, miro nano. And that means to become detached or unraveled. So, you know that you're worrying about something when that thing can unravel you. To the point where you're coming out of character. You can't sleep at night. You can't do nothing. This thing has just consumed you. That's when you're in a place of worry. Now, again, I'm not saying not be concerned. You can have concern, but don't ever let concern morph into worry. So let's go through our text. Let's walk through it. Verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on it. It's life not more than food, and it's the body not more than clothing. This, these are the essentials of life. Now, most people, when they wake up in the morning, these are the first two things they worry about, what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to wear. Yeah. You ever think about that? Ladies, I ain't hating on you. But you were standing in that closet for a half hour. What am I going to wear today? Worrying about what you're going to wear. Now, some of us in here are husky. First thing you think about in the morning, what am I going to eat? <laughs> am I going to stop at Starbucks? Or am I going to go to Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> worrying about what I'm going to eat. That's the first thing Jesus said, don't worry about. What you going to put, what you going to eat, and what you going to wear, and what you going to drink. That's the first thing we think about. Now, I like the way he put it, because he gives, he, he gives us... He, he, it's almost like a slap on the face that he gives. He says, look at the birds in the air. Birds don't reap, nor do they sow. Nor do they gather in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You think birds worry about, man, I'm going to eat tomorrow. Birds don't think about that. They just know that provision is going to be there. So you were made in the image and the likeness of God. So if God's going to take care of a bird, you don't think he's going to take care of you? What makes you think that God's not going to make sure that your needs are met? But the problem is that we don't trust God. And so, 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 so Jesus put us in this perspective. Then he says, are you not more valuable than they? This is what I like. He says, which of you by worrying going to add one single hour to your life? 
See, worry don't add. Worry takes away. See, worry takes away from your life. Worry snatches life from you. So by you worrying, you ain't adding not one ounce of, not a minute to your life. All you're doing is taking away from your life. That's what he meant by one cubic. He said, what? How are you going to add one cubic to your statue? I mean, how are you going to add an hour to your day by worrying? It's impossible. Then he says, why are you worry about your clothes? Oh, help us there, Holy Spirit. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Now, he says, they don't toil, nor do they spin. However, even Solomon in all his splendor, all his, did, did not have all this. So let me break down what he meant by clothing. Clothing do mean your physical clothes, but it also means your protection. Or the glory that God has placed on you. He talked about Solomon's glory, so you got to look at it in the perspective, in the context of what he's talking about. So he's talking about the glory. So not yet your physical clothes, but also your protection. See, people are afraid to even live life. They don't think God's going to protect them. So, so your clothes, you understand, your clothing is a protection, it's a shield from something. And so many times, we're so afraid to live, we're scared to go outside our door. Because if you keep watching the news, you won't go nowhere. Amen. And understand, a lot of this is designed by the enemy to keep you in a place of fear. So you won't live, so you won't fulfill your purpose. And so God, God is saying, why are you worry about clothes? Why are you worrying about your physical clothes? Or why are you even worrying about your protection? I got you. He said, you think the grass? He said, look, look at the grass. He said, I've, I've, I've clothed the grass. He said, now, if grass, now, you understand what they use grass for back in the day. They use it to make brick and things like that. So he said, he said so grass, um, he says, is here today and, and tomorrow is cut down and thrown in a fire. He said, aren't you more valuable than that? Oh, you a little faith? See, you know what? Worry is a faith issue. Let me, let me park there for a moment. Because people in church say, I, I have faith. And everybody in here obviously has a measure of faith because you say, okay, I believe God is real. I believe God exists. So that's enough faith to believe that. But outside of that, we don't have no faith. Now, if, if you believe that God is real, why don't you think his word is true? If he says in his word that you shouldn't have to worry about these things, why are we worrying about them? If he says in his word that I'm going to look out for you, then why are you trying to look out for yourself? And so many times, so many times, God is saying something in his word, but we don't have faith to believe that his word is true. It's one thing to say it, but it's one thing to live it. So you got to live out your faith. You have to walk this thing out. It can't just be word, lip service to God. Oh, girl, I trust you. Then the next minute, you worry about everything under the sun. He keeps going. He says, he says, uh, he called you a little faith. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? Here's, here's the part that I'm going to get you. Verse 32, it says, after these things the Gentiles seek. Now, that word Gentile in our context means unbeliever or pagans. Hey, all right, here's another hard pill to swallow. If you are worrying, you know, you're no better than a pagan. I know that's a hard one. Amen, lights and walls. But if you're worrying all the time, you're no different than the Gentiles. How you gonna say you love Jesus and you worry all the time? It's a contradiction. I can't trust Jesus and, and focus on my worry all the time. I can't say, God, yeah, I believe you're real, but every five minutes, oh, God, what's going to happen next? You know, you're worrying and spazzing and, and wilding out over the small things. They're two of a contra they contradict each other. And you can't turn your nose up at the unbeliever because they probably have less worry than you. Church folk. 
coming to church every Sunday and worry more than the unsaved. Church folk, you ungrateful receivers. Amen. God bless your life and you show no gratitude. All you give him is worry. Uh huh. I know it's tight, but it's right. So Jesus here in our text is listing a list of life's necessities. These are things that we need. We need, we need the clothing. We need food. We need something to drink. We need all these things. But our problem is we confuse necessities with wants. Mm-hmm. See, we, we confuse the two. Uh, we, we, we're like the Gentiles seeking these things. We seek these things like the Gentiles. That's why you have people in church work 12 jobs. My Lord. Listen, not for their necessities, but for their wants. Can't come to church because you're too tired. You got 12 jobs. Can't come to church on Sunday. But listen to this, and here's the God honest truth. If you would use the keys and the principles of God's kingdom, you could get everything, your needs and your wants with one job. One job. But you don't want to use the keys and principles that God gives, so you just kill yourself and work 12 jobs. Let me give you something else. God don't need your help. Our problem is we're trying to provide for us what God said he's already going to give us. And so because we try to do it, we kill ourselves trying to keep up with the Joneses because we have confused wants with necessities. See, we confuse God's promises with what we want him to do. Now, now understand what God is. God, God said, I will, I will give you the desires of your heart. Don't think that he won't do that. However, you got to get your priorities in order. So most of us live our lives hand to mouth, week to week, check to check. And because of that, we have a whole life full of worry. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen on my job? Am I going to have enough food for tomorrow? Am I going to have enough money for tomorrow? And so this place is in a place of worry. But here's the secret sauce, verse 33. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, see, see here's the thing about God. He said, if you put me first, put my kingdom, my priorities first, then all the things that you're chasing, I'll let those things chase you. So this is what God wants to do. He wants to add to you. Come here, Elder John. God says, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, now his righteousness means his way of doing things, his standards. He says, I'll just add to you. He's just adding to him. He, all he's doing is standing there. He ain't doing nothing. He's just getting stuff added to him. You want some more of that? There you go. He's just adding to him. This is what God will do. He'll just add to you. People are walking around saying, man, how do they get all that? It's just God just adding to me. Amen. I ain't had to rob, steal, lie, cheat, none of that. He just, he just add to me. That's what he says. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. And he said, and I will just add these things to you. Everything you worry about, I'll add them to you. But I got to be first. My kingdom got to be first. My way of doing things got to be first. But we don't want to do things God's way. Say that for me, Elder. We don't want to do things God's way. We want to do it our way. And because we want to do it our way, he says, all right, bet. So let me, let me, let me show you what happens. 
Come here, Deke, let me show you something. I want you to do me a favor. Try to add this to him, to Elder John. See, this is what we do. By worrying, we blocking God from adding to us. Just, see, this is just your worry. Your worry won't let you allow God to add to you. God's trying to do something in your life, but you can't do it because you're worrying all the time. Now go, go, go ahead and add that one. That's, a good, that's one everybody wants, promotion. But, but, but now, now, oh, oh, okay, okay, can I, can I, oh, I got a sidebar. Can I get y'all a sidebar? This shield can represent something else as well. Your pride. Let me help you with this one. The Bible says that God will cause men, people, to give unto your bosom. So, so a lot of times you're asking God to bless your life and God will send people into your life to be a blessing to you. But you're so proud. And so your pride blocks your blessing. Go ahead and try, try to add money. So that's money. He has money in his hand. But your pride, oh, no, 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 I don't need that. Oh, no, no, no. Keep, no, 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 no. I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. And you know you broke. You know you need the help. No, 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 no. No, I'm all right. No. No, let me, let me give you some gas money. No, no, I'm all right. Take or E. No, no, I, I'll be all right. I'm, I'm okay. I ain't got no food in the refrigerator. Oh, no, I'm all right. I'm okay. Your pride. So let me tell you what happens. Because your pride got in the way, the thing that God's about to bring in your life, now you got to worry about it. So now your pride has brought on worry because you're too proud. The Bible says pride comes before the fall. Yes. So you can be all proud you want. God's trying to send people into your life to bless your life, but you're too proud. God has placed you in a church that want to help you, but nobody don't know what's going on in your life because you're so private. I don't, I don't tell people my business. Yes. Now you're worrying and suffering alone. Yes. What do you think all of us are here for? Yes. We're a people. God will cause people to give unto your bosom. And God can't add to you if you're going to be worrying and full of pride. You block your own blessing. You block God's hand. And then you cry to God, God bless me. He said, I sent the blessing. You blocked it. I sent your breakthrough, but you couldn't receive it because you're too proud. Oh, no, no, no. I I'm all right. You ungrateful receiver. Thanks, D. Thanks, Elder. See, that's how God, he just adds to you. That looked good on you too, Elder. Look at that. Health, wealth, promotion, restoration, peace. See, these are things that we want from God. And he'll add those things to you, and you ain't got to steal to get it. Everything you worry about, God says, I have these things for you. I want to give them to you. I want to be a blessing to you. But the problem is we block God. We block him with our worry. And we block them with our pride. Now, I'm pretty sure as you travel around Baltimore City, you see people on the road, on the side of the road with signs. People stand out there with signs. I need help. I'm hungry. My question is, what are you hungry for? See, here's the thing. If you're really hungry for food, 
that you don't have a problem with me going to McDonald's and buying you a meal. And if you deny the meal, that means you were hungry for something else. Understand, everybody with a sign not hungry for the same thing. Some people with a sign are hungry for drugs. Some people with a sign are hungry for alcohol. Some are hungry for attention. Mm, that's a new one, ain't it? Uh-huh. Uh, some are hungry for greed and power. And so, 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 so we stand up there with our sign, and people stand up there with their sign and say, I'm hungry. And, and, and God, God, God sees us with our signs. God, I'm hungry. God says, for what? And it, most people in church, you know, we're going to say, I'm hungry for you. And then we get him, ain't ain't what we really want. Because we're really hungry for what he can do for us and not him. But let me tell you something about our God. This is what God will do. Um, well, let me, let me put it in this package. So it's, I'm going to give a story before I tell you what God's going to do. So I work for a company called Bell. Bell for the summer has sent me to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So every week I'm in North Carolina, I come home on the weekend to be with y'all. Right? Amen. <laughs> soon and very soon, that'll be over with. Thank God for that. Because I'm tired. But, but, but Bell sent me to North Carolina, and because Bell sent me to North Carolina, they're covering my trip. It's going to make sense in a minute. So I don't have to worry about my apartment. They paid the bill already down there. I don't have to worry about my car because I got a car down there that they paid for. I don't have to worry about my food because they took care of my food down there. I don't have to worry about flying back and forth to Baltimore because they taking care of that too. See, here's the thing. When they sent me on a trip, they're going to make sure they're going to cover all the provisions of the trip. Now, if I had to go to North Carolina on my own, then that's on my tab because I went on my own. Remember I told you a couple of weeks ago that we have been sent. We are ambassadors. And this is an embassy. And because this is an embassy, God has dispatched his ambassadors to grow his kingdom in the earth. That's what Matthew 6 is all about. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what it's all about, us colonizing the earth for God's glory. So if God has sent you, Mr. and Mrs. Ambassador, on a trip, then he covers the tab. You don't have to worry about anything that's connected to the trip because he's going to cover the tab of the trip. The problem is we want to take our own trip and want God to pick up the tab. We don't want to do what we've been called here to do. We want to do our own thing and say, God, pick up the tab. He said, no, 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 no. I'm a, anything connected to what I've sent you here to do, I got that. So, so you need clothes while you're in the earth. I'm going to take care of the clothes. You need food in the earth, so I'm going to take care of the food. You need this, you need that. I'm going to take care of all of that. God says, you got to sign up saying you need help, and I'm already here for your help. And when, I, and when I give you what you ask for, you say, that ain't what I'm looking for. So God said, okay, cover your own tab. And then we struggle and we strain. We try to have to figure it out on our own. And then that's the thing that brings on all the worry. If we just align ourselves with God's kingdom and his principles, seek first the kingdom of God and his right, that he'll just add these things to us. We ain't got to stand out on the side of the road and hold up no sign. He says, I'll make you lenders and not the borrowers. You, see, understand, in God's plan for your life, you, you, you don't have to beg. 
He said, I'll, he said I, you have a right to inherit. You're the seed of Abraham. He said, I have a cattle on a thousand hill, and you have access to that. My children, my people. But we, don't, we, we, we go to God with our, with our signs, and, and then we wonder why things are the way they are. Oh, let me tell you something else we do. We'll say, God, I don't have no food. Now, let me tell you about children. Anybody got, he got children? Let me tell you what your children will do. Your children will walk into your kitchen, open the freezer, open the refrigerator, open your pantry and say, we have nothing to eat. Now, I walk in that same kitchen, a freezer full of food. There's leftover spaghetti from yesterday in the refrigerator. There's cereal in the pantry. There's milk in the fridge. And you said there's nothing in here to eat. What it is is that it's not what you want to eat. I know I'm parking in some of y'all spots. We do, God, we do God the same way. God has given you a whole refrigerator and a pantry full of provision. And because it's not what you want, you're blind to God's provision. And you tell God, I don't have nothing. That means you're denying his provision. I've, I've given you things. I've blessed your life. But you're blinded by your wants. And because you're blinded by you, you can't see what God has already done for you. You will walk, you, adult, you will walk into your closet on a Sunday morning and say, I don't have nothing to wear. Whole closet full of clothes. I don't have nothing to wear. Nothing means nothing. And everybody here got on an outfit. So you got something to wear. But be, because it ain't what you want to wear, you're blinded by your wants. I know I'm in some of y'all spots. Amen. Lights and walls. Amen. You got to be careful about saying, I don't have nothing. When God has already provided. And so what you're doing, you're telling God it ain't enough. Now understand, it's nothing wrong with wanting more. God says, I'll, I'll bless your life. I'll give you more, but your priorities got to be straight. You can't be like the Gentile and seeking the things and not me. See, God, see, here's the trick to this. If you get God, you get everything. And so I don't have to seek things. I can seek him and get everything because he has everything. The problem is that we seek things and they tell God, what you've given me is not enough. And what you're giving me is not enough, so I'm going to kill myself and try to get this. So that brings on all my worry and all my pain, and I'm struggling because I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses and because he bought a new house and because he got, he got a new bicycle and he got a new shirt. So I need that. And it ain't got nothing to do with the provision God has given you. You ungrateful receivers. God has blessed your life. God has opened up doors for you, and you walk into his pantry and say, ain't nothing here, God. And God says, I've blessed your life beyond measure, and you can't even see it. Amen. Amen. Now, here, here, now here, here's the thing about God. He wants to bless your life, but, and when he looks at your son, 
He, he's hoping to just sign says, God, I want more of you. I'm hungry for you. And, and if, you're so, if he says, okay, now I'm going to give you me, we can't say, well, that ain't, that ain't really what I really wanted, God. What I really wanted was more money. Well, what I really wanted was, was more power. What I really wanted was more authority. He said, if you had me, you have all those things. He says, but, 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 but you want. And see, here's the thing about people. They want God to do more for them so they could do less for him. Uh-huh. God, do more for me so I could do less for you. And then wonder why his hand ain't moving like it used to move. And wonder why it ain't flowing like it used to flow. Don't ask God to finance your trip. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, let me get to verse 34, get y'all out of here. Y'all starting to look at me funny. All right. Verse 34 is our last verse. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, ain't that the God honest truth? See, most of us are crucified between two things. Yesterday and tomorrow. The regrets of yesterday and the uncertainties of tomorrow. And because we're trapped between these two things, we allow these two things to destroy us and to bring on worry and unnecessary concern. Then what we do is we borrow from tomorrow. So let me show you what you do. Hold these for me, minister. So that's her, that's her worries or concerns for the day. But it ain't enough for her. Now, she got to borrow from tomorrow's worries. Re- read your worries for me. Medical report, mm-hmm. job security, bills. Hmm. That's what she worried about today. But then she borrows from tomorrow. Read those. Job security, medical report, bills. <laughs> the same thing. So when you borrow from tomorrow, you're just adding misery to your day. Yeah. It's going to be the same stuff tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So why are you borrowing from tomorrow to make your day worse? Jesus. We worry about tomorrow. Oh, man, what's going to happen tomorrow? And, and, and especially on Sunday. Oh, man, this week I got to go. And so you're borrowing from this week's worry. You're borrowing from something that may not even happen. Guess what? Tomorrow's not promising none of us. Right. So why are you borrowing from something that may not even happen? Right. And you're worrying about something that haven't even happened yet. That's right. <laughs> oh, man, when I go to work this week, they give everybody in Baltimore City pink slips. I might get one next. You don't even know that. You understand you're a child of God. He's going to protect you. Right, right Felicia? Let her whole office go. Guess who still got her job? Mm-hmm. See, Dawson, I'm going to protect you. See, that's the clothing. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to protect you. And you're worried about something that God already took care about, took care of. And you're borrowing from, from, from tomorrow, and tomorrow not even promised. Let me give you a couple of scriptures to help you with that. Don't just put it on the screen for me. Look at Lamentations 3, 23. Look what it says here. And they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know what he's talking about? Mercy. Every day you live, he give you new mercy. You ain't got to worry about yesterday's mercy or tomorrow. I'm going to get new tomorrow. So I'm going to maximize my mercy I get today. Because tomorrow he got new ones for me. 
Put up there uh, Matthew 6, 11. Y'all should know this one. This is out the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. See, I ain't worried about tomorrow's bread. All I need is bread for the day. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow going to worry for itself. But what we do is we worry about tomorrow. Now, let me bring bounces. I'm not saying don't plan for tomorrow. Have a plan for tomorrow, but don't let tomorrow unravel you. Have you worried? Have you all messed up? Oh, Lord, how are we going to have bread tomorrow? God says, your prayer should be, just give me my bread for the day, God. Yes. Just my daily bread. I don't, I'm not worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have its own issues. And if you let me see tomorrow, I know the same bread you gave me today, you're going to give me tomorrow. Yes. Amen. Amen. The problem is we worry too much. Let me give you this one. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Can I tell you one more time? It's going to kick in in a minute. Today, it's a tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's y'all. We worry too much. Somebody say stop it. Oh, that's the title of my sermon. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. Stop worrying. Stop it. Can I give you a sidebar? Don't let grass... And birds out trust you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let that one marinate for a minute. You let a bird out trust you? They don't have a soul? They can't reason like you gonna let a bird out trust. A bird ain't worried about tomorrow. Bird trusts this. Listen, for anybody who got a pet in here, your pet, I guarantee you, is not worried about how they're gonna eat tomorrow. You know why? Because they know their master fed them yesterday. And their master fed them today. And so that same master is going to feed them tomorrow. And sometimes, see, ooh, sometimes they'll come up to you and give you a little praise because they know what they're about to receive. Hmm. They'll walk up to you and rub up against your leg and they know I'm about to eat. (laughs) So so you should try that too. Before you get your provision, walk up to them and give a little praise for what you're about to receive. Don't let let your animal out-trust you. There's so many examples of the Bible who people who was on their last and be, began to worry, and God just opened up the windows. Let me give you this couple two, couple two stories, and, I, and I'm, I'm, out, I'm done. In Kings, there was a woman, a widow in Zarephath. All right. Now, this woman, this woman, her struggle was real. God sent Elijah, the prophet, to her house. He said, hey, hey, can you, can you give me something to drink and make me a little one of those cakes you're about to hook up? All right. She said, sir, I ain't got enough cake for you. She said, I got enough cake, flour, and oil for me and my son. I'm going to make us a cake, and then we're going to die. Because this is all, this is it. When we eat this cake, it's a wrap. God said, if you put me first, I'll add to you. He said, woman of God, trust me. Give me a little piece of that cake First. First. She made him up a little piece of cake. She went back in there to get some more flour. Guess what? It was more flour in there. It was more oil. They got hungry again. She went to that same pot. More flour, more oil. She opened up a bakery. She had so much flour and oil. 
and that was something she could have worried about because she put God first yes. her, her, her cup overflowed yes. the children of Israel went to the wilderness now they in the wilderness no food no nothing they cried out to God God gave them their daily bread God gave them cornflakes from heaven the Bible called it manna they're like frosted flakes to me Oh, hey. 